Hey, welcome. It is uh, seven minutes after 11 o'clock, and uh, there's a piece in Reader's Digest. Uh, Brian pointed this out to me, uh, and I, f- I feel guilty. I do. I feel I do guilty. Too. Yeah. Um, I know you do at least a couple of those things on the list. I'm practically guilty of it all, uh, to tell you the <laughs> truth. I, I had no idea. You go into a steakhouse, uh, and apparently there are some rules, and I have a hard time with some of these rules. I might tell you this. For instance... Uh, you go into a steakhouse and you smother your steak with like A1 steak sauce? Yeah, that's a no-no. That's a no-no. Um, but you don't do that one. No, uh, that, I'm, I'm not guilty of that. Um, uh, according to modern etiquette, um, you don't do that. You ask your server uh, if they have any house-made sauces that will pair well with your particular steak. And they may have something like garlic butter or peppercorn sauce. Cece's automatically delivers with your steak um, this casino butter. I don't know everything that's in it. I asked uh, uh, Scott uh, Cleeton what, 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 what all goes in that because I want it for home. Uh, I, and he won't tell me. Yeah, it's um, a secret recipe. Kind of like the dippy sauce, too. They don't have dippy sauce. No, they do. They no, do. No, they don't. Uh, anyway, uh, you shouldn't cut your steak up all at once. I don't do that either. Um, I've seen people do that. They dice it all up. I always think that's going to make the steak colder more quickly. Uh, Believe it or not, there is a correct way to cut steak, and it involves cutting one bite at a time. You should hold the knife in your right hand uh, with your index finger extended down the back of the utensil, then holding the fork in your left hand, pin it down uh, and slice away in a zigzag motion. Uh, have you seen people that they hold the steak, in, uh, the fork, like it's in their fist? Yes, I that's have. Like, uh-huh. like they're stabbing it to death. I don't know. But that's, you should not cut it up all at once. <laughs> I didn't know this. I, I don't do that, but um, here's one I am guilty of. Me too. You might think a clean plate means you loved every bite. But according to steakhouse etiquette experts, it actually sends the wrong message. Leaving one bite of food on the plate shows that you were satisfied, uh, but not so hungry that you licked the plate clean. Which now you've done that before. Uh, I haven't licked the plate clean, but I've come <laughs> close. I've come close. And if, and if I'm uh, at, at CeCe's with Brian Hansen and I leave a, a piece of, of meat on the plate, he, he'll stab it with a fork <laughs> and eat it himself. I got this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can handle this. But these are steakhouse rules. I didn't know this. Uh, when you excuse yourself, don't plop the napkin directly on the table. Instead, loosely fold it and place it on your chair. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. But have you ever noticed when you go to CeCe's, uh, and you get up, when you come back, somebody has managed to fold your napkin, and uh, I, and I, I think they put it on the chair. Hmm. I think they're, they're sending me a message, and I wasn't getting it. It should never be thrown on your plate, even when you're finished eating. It should be placed, loosely folded, um, to the left of your plate at the end of the meal. So that, you know, when you're done, that's what you do. 
Uh, here's one I have been tempted to do, Brian. But no, I, I, I actually saw you doing this. You didn't see me at doing the this. CC's Christmas party. Uh, I did not. A couple of years ago. Yeah, it was, it was you, really you weren't even there two years ago. People, listeners were like, look at him. He's chewing the steak bone. I said, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, that's scary. So not true. <laughs> <laughs> but apparently. And boy, it's not like I haven't been tempted. Because there's always that little bit of meat that's so close to the bone. Yeah. Uh, that the only way you're going to get it is to, to, to gnaw on the bone. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> A piece of steakhouse etiquette may never seem obvious, but you should never gnaw on an animal bone at the table if you're at a fancy restaurant. If it's not so fancy, I guess go ahead. Uh, but <laughs> it might seem tempting if the meat is delicious, but it's best to keep your fingers away from the food at all times. That's what the fork and knife are for. <laughs> okay. Uh, this is a tricky one. This is a tricky one. Uh, and I'll be curious to see what other people do. And I don't care where you go. Uh, nobody knows what every bite of the steak is going to be like. Every once in a while, you'll find a steak, uh, and it's got a, a piece of gristle in it. it. It's happened at home. It's happened at restaurants. Um, but here's what they say. No matter how fancy the steakhouse you may find a gristly piece of steak in the mix. If you spit it into your napkin, you may forget that it's there, stand up, and have a bite go rolling around the dining room floor. Uh, the best steakhouse etiquette is to discreetly take the piece out of your mouth with your fingers <laughs> and place it in the upper left-hand corner of the plate. If you don't like looking at it, you can ask the server... For an extra napkin to remove, uh, to remove the piece from sight. Um, I'm guilty of that. I've done that, but I always, uh, I always uh, crunch the napkin in such a way that I know it won't, you know, go out on the across floor. the floor. Yeah. yeah, and then when I'm done, I drop it in the uh, <laughs> the, the gristle in the plate when I'm done. But how do you can? I, I don't know. It seems to me that uh, reaching into your mouth and pulling a piece of meat out and throwing it on the plate is kind of gross. Yeah, just hopefully uh, do it discreetly. You know, now, how do you discreetly down. do that when uh, you're turning your head? If somebody's like, you know, in your general area, just turn your head and you're surrounded. You're sitting at a table. Yeah, I understand. You can do it. Put your head down and just pretend like hey, I got an itch here on my face. Oh, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> and then you plop it on the plate. But that's what they're saying you should do. So, so that you know. Um, not following the dress code, uh, obviously that, that's a problem. Ordering the steak well done. Uh, do you order, you're, you're not a medium rare kind of person, are you? No, I do, uh, usually medium, medium well at the highest because you're ruining your steak if you go all the way. And I know some folks don't want to see any red at all, but, um, Yeah. You know, I don't. I don't want to see it grazing in the salad, uh, but I also don't want it to turn into a piece of shoe leather. Right. Uh, so I always go for um, medium rare. That that does the trick. Uh, you should order steak how you like it. So if it's a well done steak, go for it. On the other hand, most steaks taste juicier and more flavorful if they're cooked to medium rare or medium. Strike up a conversation with a server and let them know why you prefer well-done meat. They may be able to suggest a menu option that will still taste great when cooked into shoe leather. 
I used to like my steaks well done. Uh, but then I was just a kid. Um, and now I know better. It's medium rare. I I don't know very many people that... that uh, do, what is going on with our phones? That's strange. Um, I, I Well done is not well done. The uh, last caller wanted to know if it would be proper etiquette to ask for a to-go box. And it's not on the list here, but I wouldn't see why not. Not only do I think it's not a problem, usually... Uh, if there is a significant amount of food on the plate, and that's not just CC's, it's pretty much anywhere, um, they will ask you, "Yeah, would you like a container?" And and that and that works out okay. That works out well. Eight seven four ninety three ninety toll free eight hundred five two nine five five seven two. Another gem, and you know, if you're married, um. Guys will know exactly what this is about. It is the manslater. Uh, it's women's language translated. I've grown actually pretty good at this. <laughs> and I imagine, well, Brian, I imagine after all these years, you have too. Yes. Because uh-huh. women will say one thing but mean something else. Completely, yeah. And you have to understand. So we're playing this for you younger guys. Uh, those of us who are over the age of, say, 45 we already know. We have a built-in manslater. Well, it's it's because years of experience yes. has, has taught us. But there's uh, a handheld device for those people that get confused yeah. and don't know what she's saying. And we'll, uh, we'll play that for you so that uh, you have an opportunity to save your relationship. We'll do that next. On the Gary Nolan Show, it's the Zimmer Radio Network. It is 1120. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. Now, guys, uh, you know, if you've been around for a while and you've you've been married especially, you, you learn that women speak their own language. They have their own way of doing things. And I, and I tease Gwen about this all the time. Gwen will say, it would be nice if such and such. And I would, and I tell her, you mean you want me to do such and such? Uh, yeah. Instead of just saying, would you please? Or, no, I'm not, when yes, she is. Uh, it's, it's confusing. Uh, but, you know, if you've been around the, the block a few times, you get the hang of it. For those younger guys out there who are having a hard time figuring out why they're always in the doghouse, it's because you don't understand women. You don't understand their language. So, here's a device that we think will help. Hey, are you golfing today? Yeah. It's the second time this week. But you said it was fine. It is fine. It's perfectly fine. Are you confused by female behavior? Wish you had a translator to understand what she means? Well, you're in luck. Introducing the Manslater, a revolutionary device that translates woman language into simple man words. Finally, the power to know what she means. Okay, cool. Let me just check my wife. Hey, babe, a tea time opened up later. You mind if I go? Fine. If that's what you want to do. No go! Stay home! On second thought, I think I'll just stay here with you and watch The Notebook. Aw, how sweet. <laughs> now that's more like it. 
The Manslator uses emotion-deciphering technology to help you out of the toughest jams. Hey, is everything okay? You sound upset. Why would I be upset? Forgot anniversary, jerk! Oh, no way! Happy anniversary, babe. You remembered. Come on, of course I did. <laughs> Thanks to the Manslater's patented FemLogic processing chip, now any man can decode statements like... Are you wearing that? You change, now! Hey, do you want to get some coffee? Me want coffee! Do you think she's pretty? You think she prettier than me? Aw, you're such a good friend. Me never date you! I'm fine. Me not fine! I'll be ready in five minutes. Me ready 30 minutes. Do whatever you want. You know do what you want. Did <laughs> you rub my shoulders a little bit? No, hanky panky. Only massage. Be serious. The man's later even works on men. Finally, women can learn the deeper meaning of his words. Whoa. Your beauty is stunning. Hey, mind if I catch a movie with the guys? You are a lovely, wonderful woman who meets all of my needs. And even though I will miss you, this night I wish to see Death Cop 9 with my bros. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. Really. Stop <laughs> looking at me. The Manslater can even be customized, with voices of real celebrities being impersonated. Like Yoda. In much trouble you are, do the doghouse go you. Or Mr. T. I pity the fool who leaves the toilet seat up. So get your Manslater today. Clarity is just a phone call away. You need by me. <laughs> we're just here to help. Yeah, that's all. We're just, you know, ladies, don't take this, uh, you know, the word. We, we want everybody to understand what you want. And, and so we, uh, we bring this Manslater to the table. But they don't. Why is it that women do that? They, 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 it's, this is funny and it's amusing because it's based on, on reality. They'll say one thing, but you've got to look at how they say it and translate it. Otherwise, you know, you're you're sleeping on the sofa. Guys, we're usually, you know, hey, would you do this or would you do that or can I do this? We're pretty straightforward. Yeah, and guys are completely different creatures. When we say, hey, I'm going to go pick up a screwdriver, we go to the hardware store and pick up a screwdriver. Yeah. And women, if they say, hey, I'm going to go get some milk, and they come back with, uh, you know, 10 Truck bags loaded. of groceries. Yeah. It's like, what happened? Except oh, I, you know, I saw this extra stuff in it. It's just, <laughs> it's just the nature of women. Except this one buddy of mine who went out to the store and came back with a toilet. Um, yeah. That was an agreed-upon toilet, though. <laughs> was it? Yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, I don't understand it either. But it's the way, that, it's the way it works. Uh, Reggie, good morning. Hey, Reggie. Hello? Hi. Hey, okay. Yeah. Uh, this is my 20th year anniversary. My wife woke up and said, I dreamed you bought me a gold necklace with diamonds on it. Did you really? So I got up and took a shower and left the hotel. And come back five hours later, guess what I had, Gary? A uh, gold uh, necklace with diamonds on it? Uh, no, I had a book on how to interpret your freaking dreams. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. I like yeah. that. 
Okay. Thanks, Before Reggie. Go, though, I, I just moved to Blue Springs from Columbia, and I'm not sure how to get your show up there on the radio. Oh, you you know what? You go to GaryNolan.com on your smartphone or on your computer, and okay. uh, there's a listen uh, listen now button in the upper right-hand corner. Okay, because I've been up there two months, and I'm having withdrawals. Well, that's... So. That'll take care of it. You can listen yeah, to us anywhere in the world. $25 for all that time. How many shows have you missed? Two months. Oh, oh man. boy. This is great. Do you take payment? Do we take payments, Brian? <laughs> we do, yes. I just uh, get that credit card. Is it interest-free? Uh, interest, well, you have to pay the interest on the credit card, but we do take credit cards. So, <laughs> All right, well, that's all it takes, Reggie. Thank you. All right. All thank right. you. Bye. Glad, glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. We might, you know, ins insert a late fee, too, you know, because he hadn't paid for his well, you know, If we operated like the IRS, <laughs> yes. we could have compound interest, uh, late fees and penalties uh, on top of penalties and, and late fees. And leave him brokering the ten, get ten Commandments. Oh, boy. 874-9390, toll-free, 800-529-5572. We do have some serious topics uh, that we need to chat about. No, we don't. Well, well yeah, we do, Brian. Uh, the Great Electric Vehicle Revolution. Um, apparently, uh, th this is a, a battery bus. <laughs> oh, yes, but I've come up with a better idea than a battery bus. Oh? Yeah. The bike bus? That, yes. Pedal power. Pedal power. It's awesome. All right. Rick wants to talk about women. And, I, you know, this is really a broad topic, but we'll, we'll try and <laughs> cover this. Rick, good morning. We ran into another couple, and the lady said, yeah, we're celebrating our 30th anniversary. When I got the guy over the side, he said, yeah, it's been the best 10 years of my life. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Rick. Glad to have you on the Gary. Oh man, we're going to lose so many women listeners. We better we better walk away from this. The Biden administration insists electric vehicles are the way of the future, with or without us. And well, the future doesn't look so bright. Google has the 100% battery electric bus. Uh, they've got this uh, apparently running around uh, San Francisco. And if I'm not mistaken, Brian, they uh, they they use this uh, battery-powered bus uh, because it it just it's better for the environment, right? That's what I understand. Yes. Well, then why uh, you know what what's the problem? What what's the big deal? Why are you this this is good for the environment? It's good for it everybody. Is, yeah, it's dependable, safe. Well, not exactly. It's oh. not like the most dependable vehicle that you could have chosen for that particular. <laughs> really? I mean, it rolls downhill great <laughs> without even using the battery. <laughs> are, are you suggesting that the battery had something to do with this bus oh, no, rolling no. Down, downhill? Well, maybe. <laughs> maybe? <laughs> Google's 100% battery electric bus lost power on a hill in San Francisco. Fell backward and crashed into a bunch of cars. <laughs> uh, and there's a video of this thing. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is this is not good for the battery-powered bus industry. They're struggling to begin with. 
Uh, let me see here. I got comments coming in at GaryNola.com. I call that women speak. My wife is good with giving me the end of the story. Then I have to coax out of her to find out what the heck she's referring to. All right. Quick break. We'll be back. Gary Nolan, Simmer Radio Network. This is the Gary Nolan Show. 1135. Glad to have you with us on the Gary Nolan Show. 800-529-5572 or 874-9390. That gets you into the studio. You can go to GaryNolan.com. Send me a message. It will pop up in studio. Uh, if you do that as a method of uh, communicating, maybe you, you can't talk, you're at work, whatever, don't worry, there are no cookies. We don't send you anything unless you ask for a response, and even then, I frequently don't get to it, uh, at least not via email, uh, but it's a great way to communicate. Anyway, KMOV... Um, in St. Louis, uh, reports that uh, over 30 organizations and hundreds of individuals released an open letter supporting Cori Bush after she was criticized for calling Israel's actions an ethnic cleansing. In a letter, um, it, well, just they're supporting this, and they and, and, and she wants a ceasefire. So, for the benefit of People who don't know they're behind from a hole in the wall. Let me explain to you what happens when you're in the middle of a war or a battle and, you know, one side convinces the other to do a ceasefire. The other side takes advantage of it. You know, what, they're, what they've done in Israel is they have managed to advance deep into this uh, literally war-torn city, the Gaza Strip. If they pause, then the other side is going to arm up, reorganize, figure out where the Israelis are, where the military is, and they're going to attack them. Now, I'm not a great military genius, and I'll be the first to admit it. But I remember what happened when uh, we were at war in Vietnam. Instead of people who want to, you know, who are trained to fight and win wars, controlling the the, uh, the battlefield, politicians did. They apparently thought the military was too stupid, and so they had all these pauses. You know, they're, and every time they paused, the Viet Cong rearmed, reevaluated, and then when they said, okay, we're turning you loose again, we were at a disadvantage. Now, I'm not, this is not a conversation about the politics of the Vietnam War, uh, whether or not we could have won or would have won. It's about having politicians decide what the military should be deciding. And Cori Bush and, and all of her supporters who are encouraging the Israeli military to pause are frankly, I believe, idiots. This is just going to make the military, the Israelis, more vulnerable. A, 
uh, this is the dumbest thing in the world. If if you're going to fight, and this is this is a problem we've encountered literally since World War II, literally since the end of World War II, because even then we screwed the pooch. We we should have finished what we started. We get involved in these things that we shouldn't be involved in, and then we tie one hand behind the back of uh, every soldier, sailor, and airman and tell them to go win. And when they don't win, you know, eventually we get tired of throwing all that blood and money at at this uh, conflict, and we walk away. We did it in Vietnam, um, and and it's, it's always ugly. When you go to war... And if there's anybody in the military that wants to sound off on this, tell me I'm wrong. You, you have a goal, and it is to crush the enemy. It is to make them cry uncle. It is to make them hurt so badly that they never want to do this again, that they surrender. You don't say, well... We'll fight for a while and pause. And you can't, you can't bomb because, well, the bad guys may be there. There, should, there could be some innocent people. No. You show no mercy. You plow the bad guys under. You make them hurt so much that they, they regret they were born. That's what you do. Uh, if there's anybody in the military that has a, a different understanding than that, feel free. Give me a call, 800-529-5572. But if you're going to pause in the middle of this, you're just going to make you're just going to make yourself vulnerable. The insanity of Cory Bush and these other people. I I, I seriously think they need a checkup from the neck up. Uh, 800-529-5572-874-9390. Chris, good morning. And strangely enough, Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton agree with you. Isn't that a strange world to be in? Yeah, that is. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, As crazy as they are, they even understand this, yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, this is a good case of good guys finish last. Uh, you're talking about treaties, you know, they aren't worth the paper they're written on if the bad guys don't honor the treaty. The good people always sit here and go, well, we're not going to do whatever. And this is a, you know, really, you see it over there in the Middle East, they've, they've got treaties, as somebody pointed out here, you know, they've had a ceasefire for 18 years, I think, but somebody broke it and it wasn't Israel. They have tried to leave these people alone, let them do whatever they want to do in Gaza, they could have built an empire over there, but they're building tunnels and rockets out of their own water pipes. And I have watched this my whole life, Gary, and, it, you know, they bombed an ambulance the other day, and everybody was like, oh, my God, well, they said that, you know, they're using it. I believe it. They've caught them doing it before. In the West Bank and all, they were had something going on one time, and they decided to stop the ambulances, probably had some intel, and they're screaming and yelling, oh, my God, you know, somebody's going to die, and whatever. They get in there, they got a bunch of guns under the girdie. Okay? This is what they do. They use everything, however they want to do it. You're supposed to play by the rules, and we cry, you know, for a little us. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they need to go clean them out, and that is, like, I agree with you. We don't play that way anymore. We used to. War is supposed to be total war, and the faster and the harder you you do it, the quicker it's over. But if you just just keep playing these games and going, well, let's not go too far and too fast, and what about this and that? Well, 
you're just going to drag it out forever. Yeah, when when we wanted Japan to surrender, we pounded the snot out of them. And lots of Japanese citizens ended up dying in that. Uh, but that's what you have to do. You have to bring them to their knees. They have to go, oh, we can't, we lose, what? we've... Yeah, well, the, ja the Japanese, a good analogy to this Middle East deal, they had those people convinced that, you know, it was them and the emperor and God and the, the Americans are going to come kill you and torture you and all this. And I heard some just crazy stories. Uh, I, I don't remember the interview or whatever, but it was soldiers who went in after we dropped the bomb. And those people, the citizens of Japan, had been like eating the leaves off the trees for food. They had nothing because they sent everything to the war effort. And this guy, you know, sad story, but he says, we were trying to help him. And he said, we got some kids there. And he goes, I got some, like, lemonade powder out of my, you know, pack. And was going to make lemonade for him. They were all scared to death to drink it. They thought they were trying to poison. And well, finally, he drank some and showed them. And then it was like, oh, you know, they're starving. But they had been convinced, even these little children, they're going to kill you and torture you. You well, know? No, you'll remember, not. you'll remember, and I can't remember which islands, uh, but there were a couple of islands that the Americans took at the end of World War II from Japan. And rather than uh, surrender, yep. uh, they were throwing the themselves off of cliffs. Like because, lemmings. <laughs> yes. Well, they thought that they were going to be tortured. I know. I know, and it was just the opposite, wasn't it? It's the classic, we call you what we are. The, yeah. the Japanese would behead you and torture you, but we weren't going to do that. All yeah, right. It's sad. Thanks, Chris. Glad to have you on the Gary Nolan Show. Yeah, it is. It's insane. Uh, pause would just make the Israeli military more vulnerable. All right, I am up against the clock. I got no. Sh I got no choice. Brian is going to push the button, and uh, if he doesn't, the computer will. U.S. public debt is a share of GDP. Oh my God. Uh, we'll talk about that next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. It is uh, 10 minutes to 11. Glad to have you with us. Uh, the Republican debate is uh, going to be aired tonight on uh, NBC, but we're also going to air it uh, right here on this station and on KWOS if you're in Jeff City. There is an advantage to listening over the radio. You, you may or may not be aware of this. But when you're not looking at the candidates, uh, noticing how they stammer, how they stand, whether they're swaying back and forth, sweating, whatever, when you just listen to what they're saying, and that's the advantage of radio, you get a better handle on what they're trying to, to, to communicate. And... And so I would recommend you listen on the radio. And the proof of this goes all the way back to 1960 uh, debates with uh, John F. Kennedy and Richard Nixon. People who were watching saw Richard Nixon. He was sweating. He was just getting over the flu. Uh, he had a, uh, a, a dark beard. Uh, and those people who watched it thought he lost the debate. The people who were listening on the radio, who didn't see all that, but just heard the words and were able to... Uh, to understand what, the, what they were both communicating, thought Nixon won the debate. So it does make a difference. And uh, I would suggest that you just tune us in and we'll let you hear the debate and you'll be in a better position to know what's going on. Uh, the Washington Post, uh, Post writes, NBC's partner for the Republican debate is Salem promoter of 2020 election denial. Um. And, and uh, this, of course, 
Because, you know, when when uh, the Democrats uh, get into a Republican debate, it's not an issue. If a conservative gets into a, a debate, well, that's just terrible. Um, and, and that's what they're they're lamenting uh, that, uh, you know, we've got a Republican who believes it's Hugh Hewitt that this uh, last election, uh, presidential election, uh, was a ripoff for for Donald Trump, so they make a a big uh, post on this. Um, it's a big story for them. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. All right, listen. U.S. public debt as a share of GDP. Holy moly, 180 uh, percent over that. In, in fact, it would take spending cuts or tax increases equivalent to about two thousand four hundred dollars per American per year to stabilize the national debt. Uh, There's a new book out that shows the U.S. government's fiscal situation, and it is more precarious than lawmakers of either party acknowledge. Who has been screaming about this for years? Me. Why it matters. The numbers amount to an alarm bell about America's fiscal vulnerability. At a time when there is bipartisan resistance to steps that might change the course in a major way. I told you that Joe Biden threatened and Donald Trump threatened any politician who suggested that they tamper with Social Security or Medicare. They're, they're going to be vilified. Yet those are the two uh, biggest drains on the economy. Driving the news that is spelled out in Building a More Resilient U.S. Economy comes out today from the Aspen Economic Strategy Group. Former policymakers, top executives, uh, led by former Treasury Secretaries Hank Paulson and uh, uh, Tim Geithner. Policymakers are going to need to make some tough spending and tax policy choices here. Uh, otherwise, uh, we're in deep financial doo-doo, and I've been telling you this. Harvard economics professor uh, Karen Dynan worked through the arithmetic, shows that the bulk of the increase in the structural deficit has come from higher spending on Social Security and Medicare benefits as the baby boom generation retires. Programs not, by the way, brought in by Republicans brought in by Democrats. They're the ones that pushed for this. In order to reduce deficits to the point where the public debt levels off as a share of the economy, you understand they're not saying, you know, paying down the debt just levels off as a share of the economy. A more plausible goal than balancing the budget outright, Congress would have to enact enact a, a, a mix of spending cuts and tax increases equivalent to 2.8% of gross domestic product, or $800 billion a year. That's not to lower the debt. That's just a level off the climb of the debt, the, 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 to level off the climb of the deficit on an annual basis. Republicans, those evil Republicans, want to extend the Trump, uh, the Trump era tax cuts that will expire next year 
and reject Biden's claim in his State of the Union that they would seek to cut retirement programs. They vowed to cut the IRS budget, which experts believe would widen the deficit by lowering tax collections. The problem, and this is what they're missing, is not that the government isn't getting enough money. The government is getting tons of money. Literally trillions of dollars every year taken out in taxes and sent to them. The problem is they're spending all of that and more. And they won't cut the spending. You take too much money out of the economy in taxes, the economy stops. Nobody has money to invest. Nobody wants to risk their money. The answer isn't to raise taxes. They've got enough tax money. The answer is to find a way to cut spending, to be realistic. And Republicans and Democrats both refuse to accept this. They somehow think what has happened to a to every other economy that that uh, outspent its income and defl- and devalued its currency won't happen to us it will it is important it's the most you know they keep talking about the environment and global warming it's the existential threat like somebody taught them that word and they use it every time they can the real threat is the debt. I, By the way, when's the last time you went on U.S. Debt Clock? Uh, this morning. Uh, current uh, debt is $33,708,000,000. When was the last time you clicked the time machine to see what we're going to be? I, I haven't clicked the time yeah, machine. I know. You, you might do that. I'll go ahead and do it for you. 2027, the U.S. national debt is now $45 trillion. One hundred seventy-six billion dollars. People, you know, you, well, that's I'm, four years from now. Yeah, and, and these people that well, I'm going to vote for this Republican because well, it's better than the Democrat. It isn't going to change the direction of the country. Republicans seem unwilling to acknowledge what we all know and what has to be done. You want this country to be the, the beacon of liberty that, that we were, that was handed to us. If you want it to be that way for your children, then you better grapple with reality. And that reality is this debt's out of control. Glenn Beck is up. Sean Hannity, Randy Tobler for the ride home. Whatever it is in life that you want, go out and get it. Don't wait for the government to drop it in your lap. You make it happen. You seize the day. Carpe diem. Gwen, baby. Honey, I'm coming home.